there, and welcome to the first episode ever of the Short Nerd vs. Shorter Nerd podcast. I am the Short Nerd. My name is AJ, and I'm, of course, with my co-host, as he always will be, the Shorter Nerd Ryan. How are you doing tonight, buddy? You know, I'm doing pretty good, AJ. Um, I couldn't help myself, but I actually did. I almost said General Kenobi when you said hello there. I think you just made a Star Wars reference without realizing it. Well, you did it, and that's therapeutic. But while we're on the topic yes. of Star Wars, we are looking at something very interesting tonight. And what is that, Mr. Ryan? Today. Tonight, actually. Very late. Or depending on whenever you're listening to this, it is a... Very late at 8.12. We are looking at Star Wars A New Hope, released in 1977 and directed by George Lucas. So, AJ, tell us a bit more about this movie, and then, you know, we'll get started. The plot follows Luke Skywalker, who joined... Skywalkers, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the plot joins Luke Skywalker, who joins forces with a Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, and a Wookiee, and two droids to go and save the galaxy from an Empire world-destroying battle station called the Death Star, while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the mysterious Darth Vader. It made $503 million at the box office and was directed by George Lucas. Nice. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dollar signs, dude. No wonder why this is so popular. And like, then, it was just some one shitty, like, sci-fi movie. Everyone thought it was shitty, but then they saw it, and they hear John Williams score, all of these practical effects, and it gets famous. And now here we are talking about it. And then the special editions came out, and then Disney bought it. It isn't the world cruel. Yeah, the world is cruel. But you know what isn't cruel? What is that, Mr. AJ? A rewatch of the original trilogy. That is not cruel at all. Want to know what's actually kind of cruel, though? Uh, rewatching the other two? Well, let's argue about that. So, we have a discussion topic here. And the discussion topic consists of the question, why does the original trilogy work so much better than the other two trilogies? And, you know, we'll just talk about that, and then we'll get into the movie. So, why does it work better? Well, um, let's talk about the prequels first, should we? I actually want to... Well, I want to start with Empire, and then we could go to the prequels. Alright. Um, so Empire is obviously home to possibly the greatest film twist of all time. Mm -hmm. You know the one. Yeah, we all know the one. And when you think about it, did, did the prequels have a moment that was that iconic? Did the sequels have a moment that was that iconic? Did they have something that will be remembered in the cinema histories for time to come? Now, here's the thing. I think that's the most iconic movie seen in all time, so obviously no. However, you can't really blame the prequels and the sequels for that specific reason. Why not? Because they can't recreate what they did and make something as iconic. As what they did, because that was the biggest movie twist of all time. It's not like they could do something like that again, right. because it's the backstory of that character. But like, however, it, it almost kind of feels like they don't have something that like is like the prequel equivalent of that. Yeah, that's they're missing that extra. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they're missing that extra, you know, <gasps> moment. You know that the gasp moment. I feel like again, it, but people shit their pants when they saw a double bladed lightsaber. But you can't really compare that to the, you know, I am your father twist because it doesn't even compare. But of course, people, you know, crap I mean, their pants when they saw it because, you know, double lightsaber. People also shit their okay. pants when they saw Ben Swolo in episode eight. So, I mean. Yeah, you know, a bunch of uh, girls posting on their stories. Oh my God, Ben Swolo. Like, shut up. 
Why was he what? so? Why was he so wide? I don't know. <laughs> because the movie was an IMAX and Ben Driver, Ben Driver, Adam Driver is not. <laughs> so, but the prequel is missing that. The sequels are missing that. But wanna know what they also don't have that the original trilogy had? What? They are lacking. And I'm gonna speak for the prequels because the sequels actually does. It doesn't have as good character chemistry, but the prequels are missing character chemistry. That's the one thing they are missing. I think part of that also comes down to the bland acting by a lot of people. Like, Frank Oz does a good job as Yoda. Mm -hmm. um, Sam, uh, Ian McGregor, obviously, is the standout. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. I think all of the actors in that movie are actually really good. They were just given nothing. In my opinion, Mace Windu was a wasted part. Like, he was a wasted part. They gave him nothing. Samuel L. Jackson is known for saying, motherfucker, and then killing a bunch of people. Because that's what he does in his movies. He's a badass. Yeah. In this movie, he cuts off someone's head and gets murdered. Like, he doesn't even have that much lines. And when he does have lines, they're bland. Just like Anakin's lines. Just like Padme's lines. Just the of, uh, romance doesn't work either. It's just yeah. nothing really works. Except, of course, I do like the third episode. But still, it could have been better still. Speaking of Sam Jackson, did you ever hear the story about why his lightsaber is purple? Yeah, like he literally just asked. And then George Lucas said yes. Because <laughs> he's, he's Sam fucking Jackson. He can do whatever he's so, he's he wants. Sam fucking Jackson. He just does what he wants. And honestly, good for I, him. I, mean, I want a purple lightsaber. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. Well, no. First, he was like, well, Jedi's have red and uh, blue lightsabers. And he was just like, please. And then George was like, ah, right, why not? <laughs> like, that's literally how it went down. That's like when I went to Disney's Hollywood Studios and they had a build-your-own lightsaber station in the Star Tours gift shop. And I did double-bladed, but one side was red and the other was green. That's sick, actually. Christmas colors right there. It was, it was a toy. So anyways, um, yeah, they work better than the, the prequels because the original trilogy had character blossom development with the romance between Han and Leia, you know, it actually works. But in the prequels, it's just one-liner dialogue and really shitty acting by Hayden Christensen. And again, Hayden Christensen is a great actor. He just was not given good lines. Lucas has very hard time portraying emotion without any words. The characters have to say what they feel. For example, you know the scene at the end of um, Revenge of the Sith, you know, Darth Vader. I think we could all connect the dots here. No. No. He has to say what he feels. That he is convey it it's so bad the no is the is the is the uh is the alan of the it's Star Wars the alan of the oh my god i never thought of that holy shit we'll get we'll get to that movie that's a that's a hell of a ride but we didn't talk about the sequels you want to talk about how you know the original trilogies don't even have competition to the sequels um before i do that i want to just touch on the relationships we brought up with han and leia growing you see the difference is, um, so in the original trilogy, in the first movie, Leia does not have eyes for Han at all, and Han's cocky Han Solo, right? Yeah, Han's Se a dick. Yeah, second one, they start to get more, and then he gets frozen in carbonite, and that's where it clicks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's like the point where Leia officially, like, yeah. Because I love you. I know. I know. The I know is the most Han Solo shit you'll ever get. I just love Han Solo. You go to the prequels, Padme lays on an Anakin for the first time. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. And then the sequels, I, uh, Dre and Ben Solo feels forced as fuck. 
I gotta disagree, actually. I actually think that was probably one of the best parts about the sequels. I think the uh, relationship between Rey and Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo, was the best part. Especially when you look at the Canto Bite bullshit we got. It's definitely, I think, not forced. Why do you think it's forced? Um, I don't know. Maybe the fact that they battled, and then, you know, Kylo realized, wait a minute, Sith, bad. And then Ray died, and he kissed her, and oh, but that—that's—that's that's episode nine, though. The main, the that's main. That's not character. part of the continuity. Yeah, that's just not canon. That's just not canon. Oh, it's by like, the way, viewers at home, uh, me and AJ hate episode nine with a burning passion. Just so like, we are like everyone else on the internet. Do I actually? My mom loved that movie, and I hate her ever since. She is wrong. <laughs> she's I, just wrong. Like, I hope she's listening to this. Hello. I don't know if she will, but if you are, she told me um to, you know, talk logically and not curse a lot. So, Mom, if you're watching this, um... We failed. Fuck. <laughs> That's so fucking rude. Anyway, so, the sequels, I think anything before Episode 9 is actually pretty good. I do like Episode 7 and 8, and I think the character development between Kylo Ren and Rey in Episode 8 is actually really good, and I really like what they did with Luke. But, you know, when we bring up this discussion topic, we're more of bashing this, uh, the prequels, I feel like. Right. And part of my problem with episode, with the sequels, is that, like, the prequels and in, in the original trilogy, they had a planned story throughout, like... Exactly, like, they had, they had a guideline. Right. They, what happened was episode 7 had a guideline, then episode 8 kind of had a guideline, but they gave Ryan Johnson free controls. Mm -hmm. And then they switched directors in episode 9, but there's already no guideline going in. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and JJ had to, like, kind of... Because both directors had different ideas. Right. What happened, episode 7, JJ had a nice, nice thing going. Then Ryan Johnson took over, and he pretty much undid everything he did. He killed Snoke, he said Ray's nobody, and I actually like what he did. But then... In my opinion, J.J. actually ruined the trilogy and not Ryan Johnson. I'm sorry, I'm just saying it right here. J.J. definitely could have made a better episode 9. Well, because he wasn't the, or the original director. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like how Solo was really bad, because Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, legendary directors of movies like How to Train Your Dragon and the Lego Movie, mm -hmm. critically acclaimed movies like Fantastic Directors, were taken off and replaced by someone halfway th through. Yeah, exactly. And it became, like... Name one thing that happened in Solo that does not involve Darth Maul. Or name one thing, like, memorable thing in Solo. I don't think even Darth Maul seems memorable. I just remember him being in it, dog. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> you know what my biggest problem with Solo is? What is that? Community had a Star Wars-themed episode, and they did not make one Community reference while Donald Glover was on screen. And also, I mean... The fact that they didn't deep fake Harrison Ford's face into the actor. Anyways, we're getting off topic. So, let's get back on topic. Mr. AJ, we have a lot to talk about. This is, in my opinion, one of the best Star Wars movies. Again, once again, released 1977, directed by George Lucas. And it blew up. And we're just going to talk about it. What we're going to do is we're going to go through the plot. Just scene by scene, and then we wrote notes down, and we're just gonna bring up ideas in the middle of it. It's not gonna be a plot by plot synopsis because seventy five percent of it is just gonna be us talking about the movie. But we're yeah. still going through the plot, so we can have some sort of guideline. Unlike the secret trilogy, which didn't have a guideline. Hey, see what I did there? Aha! Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. We're gonna try not to ramble on. Yeah. Um, we kind of but- did that with Solo, but then like, I literally just told AJ, yo, man, we're getting off topic. Because we're trying to keep this podcast a little bit shorter, because, you know, school I mean, work. Yeah, I mean, I'm done with all that stuff anyways, but, like, you know, podcasts, like, it, like, podcasts yeah, don't want to bore you guys. Yeah, and, like, podcasts are weird, because they're supposed to be, like, like, a- around an, like, at least an hour, but not longer, but, like, they can't be longer than, like, three hours, because then they start to bore the viewer. Yeah. And why are we just explaining the medium on a podcast that has nothing to do with, with podcast? I don't know. So let's get to the movie. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through this movie scene by scene, and we're just going to pop in our ideas that we have. Eventually, it's just going to turn into one big conversation, but we need a bit of a, we need a bit of a roadmap on like, you know, the sequel trilogy. Ha ha. Aha. You see what I did there? Got him. Got him. All right. So, um. Mr. Uh, five foot eight nerd, AJ, would you like to get us through the plot? I do. So, I said that like a wedding. <laughs> I do. I do. We now kiss the plot. Far from a distant galaxy, the starship belonging to Princess Leia, a young member of the Imperial Senate is intercepted in the course of a secret mission by a massive Imperial Star Destroyer. First off, opening sh- opening of the movie, the Star Destroyers. The first time you see them when they're shooting at like the oh, small yeah. ship. It's, it's like nothing anyone has ever seen at the time. I have this down in my notes. It's the first time we get to see different spaceships in the Star Wars universe, and they look so unique. And again, it's no special effects too. It's insane. yeah. It's like, like I don't want to call them space Nazis, but that's what the the Empire is based. Oh uh, yeah, on. that's what the <laughs> yeah they're based off Nazis. And like you know they're based off Nazis, and they shouldn't be cool. But the Empire is really cool. Yeah, the Empire is really cool. I mean, again, in this movie, they don't have, I mean, obviously we learn, you know, the reason why they're evil. But in this movie, they're just evil, and we don't know why. Until, of course, they fucking blow up a planet for no reason. Right. But, you know. Yeah. We don't even, you know, you could even interpret it for, like, the first uh, hour of the movie. Like, maybe the rebels are the bad guys. Well, again, the rebels are sort of, like, vigilante. They're, they, again... It, like the movie Rogue One that um, released in 2016, I believe, that was a Star Wars spin-off. and you see the Rebels doing kind of bad shit. Like they do dirty shit when you think about it. They're not all like superhero good guys. The Rebels are what the, is implied. They're rebels. They're rebelling. They're not going to be like right super good guys. They're, it's not like they're Jedi's. They're just or, like, or I don't even think the Jedi's were that good. But that's a discussion right. for another day. One one of the suggested topics. For episode, for the sequel trilogy, was was that almost like the first order of the good guys and the resistance are actually the bad guys, but because <laughs> like it was almost like almost like a reverse, but the resistance are it's it was like this whole thing. It could have been cool. Again, the the whole I I'm not gonna get too into this, but I'm just gonna say this one thing, and then we'll get back on topic. The resistance and first order is so lazy, and it's literally just the Empire and the Rebellion, which is why I think they should have swapped or just did something else. But we'll talk about that when we talk about the good old Episode Seven. The so Empire, anyway. the Empire Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> An Imperial boarding party blasts its way onto the captured vessel. Vessel. After a fierce firefight, the crew of Leia's ship is sub- subdued. The dark, forbidding figure of Darth Vader appears, brutally interrogating the crew and ordering his stormtroopers to search the ships for the secret documents it believes it's carrying. Yeah, one thing about this scene, by the way, 
Well, first of all, C-3PO is introduced, and I love how C-3PO has, like, a very rustic look. He's not shiny clean. Like because I actually... Was that explained in the prequels? I don't fucking know. But um, he looks very rustic, and that kind of foreshadows, you know, that Star Wars isn't this very sparkly, clean sci-fi universe. It's, like, more realistic. Yeah, And no, then, like, Darth they, Vader... They go to yeah. a sand planet with sand people and Jawas. Yeah. Martini! Martini! Um... But then when um, Darth Vader is interrogating the person, AJ, I don't know if you know the answer, but why isn't he force choking? Because as you all know, Darth Vader can force choke, but he's like actually choking him with his hands. Because I think they wanted to reveal that for later in the movie. That's, okay, yeah, that makes sense, actually. And also... To show, to show that he's such a big bad that yeah. he's doing it on his own men. I even wrote that later. Like, this is the scene where you know Darth Vader's a badass when he chokes that guard. But... Not the guard, the officer. Um, but um, stormtroopers in this beginning scene is like the one time stormtroopers are actually scary. Like they're actually like badass and they hit right. their shots. And like my so when I've st I, cause I, it, the last time I watched A New Hope before I watched this was a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot that Darth Vader talked that much. Yeah, Darth Vader talks a lot. However, he doesn't really have too much character development in this movie. But obviously, that is safe for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Also, James Earl Jones does such a good job. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's the best. I love how they didn't put him in the suit because he was kind of, like, big. And I feel oh. bad. Also, the original voice of Darth Vader was supposed to be a Scottish man. <clears throat> oh, I can't even imagine. I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't. I, I can. They they have footage of it. It's 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 hilarious. I, I think love I've it. I think I've seen that on YouTube. Oh, and then another part about the scene is where Darth Vader just walks in, and then he just kind of examines all the dead bodies. He's just like, hmm, yes, yes, this is where this is supposed to be. He's just kind of examining it, and I always right. laugh at that. Think about it. I don't think like think about it now. That scene doesn't add up when like they read it in Rogue One because he like uses his lightsaber in Rogue One. Yeah, when well at that point when he walks in, all the is that, supposed to, kind of I was gonna say, is that supposed to be like before he comes through the door? Like, is that is there like another hallway? That was no, that was that was before. No, 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 that was after he came through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Rogue One goes right into a new hope. Right. Anyways, like, it's such a like story yeah. time. All right. Darth Vader and his crew search the ship for what they think is hidden on it, the technical readout for the Empire's mightiest weapon, a planet-side battalion called the Death Star. Now that is a typo, it is a moon-sized. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's like no moon. moon. Space station. It's a space station. Ever That's actually one of the quotes, like, you know, like, no, I am your father is often misquoted. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's not that one. Yeah, they that that one's also misquoted because people usually go, "That's no moon. It's the death. It's the Death Star." It's no, like, it's a space station, not the Death Star. They don't know what it is yet. It's so annoying. God, people don't understand the exact quote from the exact movie. God, you idiot, <laughs> you imbecile. Anyways, where are we in the uh, notes? We uh, huh, right after they said they're looking for the Death Star plans. Uh, can you highlight that? Of course. I'm gonna leave this in. This is such interesting commentary on the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> Anyways, All in right. the confusion, Princess Leia slips away and hides the secret documents as well as a recorded plea for help for Obi-Wan Kenobi and the memory of R2-D2, a maintenance droid. Leia is taken a prisoner, but R2 gets away in an escape pod, along with his, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, best friend, because at this point... At this point, they kind of hate each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About C-3PO. Well, first of all, I love how R2-D2 is kind of like the flying carpet of this movie, where he doesn't have any spoken words, but he has so much personality. Although, my favorite part about R2-D2 in this is that this is before, like, they use CGI, so mm-hmm. can he... You could definitely, you could see where Kenny Baker is just, like, waddling in the little tin. Yeah, it's always that's the charm. Yeah. Anthony Daniels does a really good job as, um, 3PO. His accent on it is really good. Also, this is the point where you realize that C-3PO has a bit of a, bit of a fear of uh, flying. He's definitely afraid of flying, I feel like. And no one ever brings that up ever again. But every time he gets on a ship, he's always like, what's going on here? Also, he's a little more uh, smart-witted and tempered in the original trilogy than he is in, like, the other two. Oh, yeah. Speaking of wasted characters, you know, not only, like, Finn and Poe were wasted, C-3PO is wasted. He's, like, barely in it. It's insane. Also, what line of really annoying with 3PO are on the topic? Let me take one last look at my friends. You've known these people for about, like, a month. Yeah, exactly. It's like, your friends or the people that you've been fighting alongside with for a bit. Like, yeah. And that, that scene was cringe. Anyways. I mean, I get you could say Poe, because Poe was with the Resistance for a long time. That's true, I guess. Oh, but, yeah, like, he was there. And so was Chewie, but that doesn't, yeah. Alright, anyways, can I go along with the plot? Yeah, yeah, you can read. Alright. After crash landing on the planet below, a barren desert world called Tatooine, the droids head off in search of civilization, but soon crawl over the way to go. Now, in this scene, R2 and C-3PO are legit a divorced married couple, and it's the best thing in the world. Like, C-3PO is getting so fed up with R2. You were supposed to take the kids to the gym today. R2. <laughs> Anyways, R2 insists that he has a mission to go perform, but C-3PO wants no part in such an adventure. The two droids eventually go their separate ways, but are soon reunited when they both are captured by Jawas, who are pretty much, ju- if you guys have not seen the movie, which I hope everyone has seen this movie, Jawas are just little, like, aliens that kind of scavenge droids and sell them. Right. So Although- pretty much... What it, it's kind of funny because in, like in in the original you could see it when like Uncle Owen is buying them. Some of them are like the same height as him because. They... Oh yeah, yeah. So Jabba's are supposed to be short, but like AJ, as you said, some of them are like tall. Which it's means weird. they ran out of child actors, and Kenny Baker was an R two D two. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So pretty much, this is where we kind of meet Luke, and Luke is the main character, and. Pretty much, and what I wrote here, I'm going to get that, that in a second. So, C-3PO was sold to Uncle Owen, which is, you know, Luke's aunt uncle, which I'm just going to spoil real quick. I'm pretty sure everyone knows. Luke's father is Darth Vader. What? Luke's father is dead. So, he's left with his aunt and uncle, and he's pretty much forced to farm. And he hates it because he wants to join a rebellion. And I kind of always loved that because he's like, I want to go to the uh, station and get some power converters. You can hang out with your friends later. It's like he knows. The but anyways, s- the saddest part of this movie 
He never got those power converters. Never got those damn power converters. Yeah, you know, Uncle but, Ben Kenobi, Uncle Owen. Uh, I can't remember the aunt's name. <laughs> Amperu. Yeah, Amperu. Jeez, I just watched this movie too. You know, <laughs> un- Uncle and Amperu, they get fucking torched. Yeah. And then, gets... But he never got the power converters. You can always still go back to Tatooine and just get those damn power converters. No, he's in exile now. <laughs> he exiles to the frickin' um, island planet, whatever, or the, the water planet, whatever uh, that planet is It was filmed in Ireland, so he, yeah. like, imagine that he exiles to, to just Ireland. And he <laughs> just exiles to Ireland. He's a farmer of potatoes and blue milk. Yes. So anyways, uh, in the plot, so C-3PO is sold to Luke, Aunt Brew, and Uncle Owen. But then a red protocol droid is going to be sold, but that droid breaks down. He has a bad motivator. So they end up taking R2, of course. Now, AJ, want to know what's terrifying? That we just saw someone die. Guys, we just saw a droid die. But no, what's terrifying is that if that droid didn't have a bad motivator, this movie wouldn't happen. They probably just keep blowing up planets. Yeah, exactly, because R2 has the plans. Who knows where R2 right. really was? Also, another... Um, well, one would assume he would just keep finding... He would get a new master and then just try to get to Ben Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But one thing that you did not point out was that when the, the scene when they're on... When 3PO re- reunites with R2 on the Jawa transport. Uh-huh. Do you know who we saw on that transport? Who? The gonk droid. Oh, the fucking gonk droid. Dude. Oh, that reminds me. I played this as a gonk droid in Lego, uh, Lego Star Wars, but as a kid, every That's time I watch the um, prequels, I always recognize the music from the Star Wars games. Like, legit. I was watching a video where someone, uh, Shafrilis Productions for you, well, wanted to do some research. He was ranking the Star Wars scores with uh, another great YouTuber, Sideways. And... Um... <laughs> And, and he was talking about, like, the score from, uh, I think, episode one. And, and he's like, I remember this one because it, it's the score that I played whenever you completed a level in LEGO Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Of course, man. I also recognize a lot of music from Battlefront as well. Battlefront. I really want to get Battlefront. Battlefront 2 is really good, but they kind of stopped updating the game for whatever reason. But the new Star Wars Squadron games. Anyway, off topic. Woo! All right. Um, Do-do-do-do-do-do. So, like, here's the thing. They go inside, right? Yeah. And, um, how the fuck does an oil bath work? And C-3PO starts to take an oil bath. Well, like, you know, does... sometimes, like, you'll, like, when like, you got, like a, like, a sticky valve or something, they'll say, like, put some grease in it, and it'll, like... But it's just drowning a bunch of metal in oil. Like I think it's supposed to make it more loose. No, I know what it's supposed to do. It's just, how does that even work? Why did Luke have a bath full of oil because like, well why does because they have a bunch of moisture converters they have droids that help them he's probably not the one who needs a bath that's true actually and they're, they're in the field all day so they gotta clean them to keep them good and good condition oil baths bro and then and then uh um the the, the the tattooing equivalent of a mud bath pretty much and then c3o fucking says this oil bath is gonna feel so good how he can't feel like can't feel it. He's a droid. I that's always bugged me. I don't know why. He uh he 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 can't feel it. That just made me think of the scene in Empire 
where you know he gets shot in Cloud City and uh, Chewie turns him back on and he goes, What's this? A stormtrooper? Oh no, I'm gonna get shot. Yeah. That that's one of my favorites in the I found that so funny. It is. And then when the C3BO has his head backwards, he's like, oh no! And then Ch- Ch- Chewbacca just shuts him off. Yeah, because he started yelling at Chewie. I know. Poor like, Chewbacca. He can't cut any slack. Dude, we'll get, we'll get, by the end of this podcast, we'll get to Chewbacca's mistreatment. But anyway, um, so do you want to continue with the plot, Mr. AJ? Mr. Short. Of you, Mr. Ryan. So, Luke discovers that the message hidden inside of Princess Leia says, help me Obi-Wan, Kenobi, you're my only hope. Uh, he, it keeps replaying over and over, it's not hearing the same message, and he finds the princess beautiful. You wanna? Um, yeah, we'll we'll just say. It. I'm pretty sure everyone fucking knows. Uh, that's his sister. Episode. So... Uh, episode five that's... was really uncomfortable. Oh god, the kiss, the kiss. Especially when, like, at the end of the movie, like Leia has the Force, which kind of implies that she was the other. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like everyone kind of knew before Return of the Jedi that that was kind of the twist. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. Also. How old is Luke supposed to be? Just, I, do you know? Probably like 19 or some shit. Yeah, why is he playing with a toy plane? Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, again, you know when you're just bored in your bed and you just kind of like toss around a pillow? It's kind of like that where you're just kind of bored and he's just playing with a plane. I like to imagine that like if he never left Tatooine, he'd be like 27. Just, just well, no, he would have went to the academy, but you know, obviously the rebellion would have lost if he never went. Like, what, do they, like, what do they even teach at the academy? Moisture farming? No, like, no, the Academy of the Rebellion. Uh, what would it would have been that academy? Yeah, he would have went to the because he said his uncle said one more year. Also, speaking of that scene, um, when Luke talks about Obi Wan Kenobi, I love the way yeah, like, like the, the aunt the, and the uncle kind of look at each other, and then we as the audience know why they're looking at each other in that way. It gives me chills. And then when um. Uncle Owen says he has too much of his father in him. That's why I'm afraid. Dude, the chills, right? Like, yeah. I don't know this is me. It's just the chills. So anyways, after, you know, Luke is like, hey, I want to go to the Academy. And they're like, oh, sorry, Luke. We need you for one more season. Want to just talk about that iconic sunset scene? Okay, so we kind of sent this scene. Uh, scored a song called Binary Sunset, often used as the Force theme. Oh. Just the silhouette on the rocks, with, with the, with, with the with the twin sun setting. Mm-hmm. You know how every like movie has an and like every movie musical, especially Disney ones, have an "I want" song. Yeah, that's like it's not they, an "I want" song, but that's like the version of the "I want." They song. did it without saying a goddamn word. It's and it's beautiful. really oh my god, AJ, I never thought of it that way. That's like the "I want" song. They had it was Ooh. they had it in his eye the "I want to get off this planet and see more things." But I want to get yeah. off this planet and join a rebellion. That was said just by him looking at a double fucking sunset with the wind blowing in his hair it's so well done so well done that is the equivalent to him laying on the rocks going part of your work <laughs> or like singing out there from hunchback no in fact that would have been like 
if there was any Disney I want song that would go with Star Wars, it would be out there from Hunchback of Notre Dame. If anyone knows that, that's my favorite uh, animated Disney movie. Yeah, and then I, I'll make a man out of you. We'll be on uh, Yavin 4. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Honestly, just Star Wars musical at this point. Like, legit. I mean, Disney gotta make some money somehow. Yeah. Anyways, so... Oh, AJ, I just want to mention this to the viewer. While I was taking notes, you wrote, use the Force Young Padawan. This is definitely the ghost of Obi-Wan. You just to motivate me to keep going, writing notes. I just wanted to tell the viewers how that was in there. So thank you, AJ, for that note. Uh, knowing full well that you're like half an hour into the movie before you even beat him, before you even... Yeah. Get. Oh, I mean, I mean, oh, that's not AJ who wrote that. That was the ghost of Obi-Wan who wrote that. Yeah. Ooh. wrote that. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You must go to the Dagobah system. Anyway, so then, speaking of meeting Obi-Wan, pretty much R2 goes missing because, you know, he's on a mission. So Luke and C-3B are like, all right, we got to look for this motherfucker. So they I'll look for him and stuff, and then they see sand people and banthas. Fun fact, banthas are just elephants with the costume on. Animal cruelty? I think so. Good-ass movie? I think so, too, though. PETA is on the phone. Dude, uh -oh. I, I can imagine PETA made a statement about that. <laughs> sure they did. You wanna fucking bet? I wanna look- I'm looking this up after. In fact, I could probably look it up right now. As no. you go through the plot, look it up. <laughs> Alright. They definitely did that. So. They go find Obi-Wan, and the- the same people start to- they- they scare away R2, and they- they shoot down Luke and 3PO, until Ben Kenobi comes out of the shadows. With the and most god-awful noise. Well, it was added well the original was just him yelling i think and then the special edition they added some goofy ass shit like they added you know what i'm talking about right aj yeah I think three, i'm gonna i'm gonna reference dress kirk 3 again no um, no, no, no. no you know you know at the beginning of the movie uh they're digging up the bones and they have like the rap he finds like the raptor whistle uh-huh i think like, oh my god yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, that's what it's supposed to be going for. It's fuck. It, again, we'll get to that shitty movie. But it, just because you have a Velociraptor's vocal cord doesn't mean you could actually fucking mimic the exact sound. And it pisses me off. Anyways, back to Obi-Wan. So, oh, he, uh, he asked him if he knows of an Obi-Wan... Well, Luke recognizes him as Ben Kenobi. Um, and he goes, do you know of an Obi-Wan? And he goes, that's a name I haven't heard in years. Why, of course I know him. He is me. <laughs> no, I'm surprised Obi-Wan was so straightforward about that. And then uh, in the movie after this, Yoda just waits like an hour to tell Luke who he is. Oh, Obi-Wan yeah. just says it immediately. Well, because old Yoda kind of went insane. <laughs> well, he ain't going insane. Well, that's arguable. I don't think he went insane. I think he was just testing Luke's patience. That's what he was doing. Actually, old Yoda is... Old, old Yoda is so entertaining, though. Like, him in Last Jedi is my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, easily. I'm gonna burn the sacred text. Burn, they do! You should burn like the, the sacred tree. text! The sacred text! <laughs> it was good shit. Um, anyway, um, oh yeah, so this is, me and AJ were talking about this earlier. AJ, I'm gonna mention, um, this note, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Alec Guinness is legit Ian McGregor. They're the same person. If you I, guys don't know, Ian McGregor is the 
um, actor who played young Obi-Wan in the prequels, and Alec Guinness is obviously Obi-Wan in this movie. They're the same person. You gotta wonder, like, did George Lucas know that he was gonna direct a prequel at that time? Like, he couldn't. I mean, actually... We'll continue, and then I'll state my thought. Uh, like... He couldn't have that early, like, in pre-production. It could have completely flopped. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know. But he just is... I don't know if it's because he's directed that way, or it's just Alec Guinness. Just he he made the character himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, what Lucas had, he had, he knew what happened on Mustafar. He had that whole thing set up. He just wasn't planning on making it and putting it onto screen. Right, he had the lore. Yeah, he had the lore down. He and just, then, with the Clone Wars and shit, he I'm, had it down. I'm sure if, if episodes four and five bomb, like, if, if it was bombing by episode six, he would have added, like, the backstory about the Mustafar stuff in on episode six. Aw. Uh, but I think once episode five, and four were such critical successes. Yeah, he knew that he was gonna make the prequels. He, like by by the time he was already starting episode six, like I'm gonna, he had a green light it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he started writing I think in 1997, and obviously the first prequel came out in 1999. I, someone fact checked me in the comments on this video. I think he started writing in 1997. It could be wrong. That's because that, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, because it takes you a while to write a movie, and it takes you like years to film it, especially yeah. in the 90s. Oh, so then, um, back to the plot here. So, Obi-Wan brings Luke to his little hut, and they're talking, and then he talks about Anakin and the Clone Wars. Now, every time he talks about this, I get, you know, Clone Wars, the TV show, like, flashbacks. It's really sad hearing Obi-Wan talk about Anakin. Like, I, in my opinion, that's the most emotional scene in the movie. And speaking of that scene, I had to look it up, because... When I was rewatching it, they said Clone Wars. I'm like, that, that's got to be a special edition edit, right? No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, he had original. that down. And that's insane to think about. The fact that the Clone Wars was in Lucas's mind since 1977. That's insane. Part of, such a new thing. You no, know, we, we've seen George Lucas creatively. I don't know if, it, if that was like his plan all along. Or if he just said, let's just throw random words at a page. He probably just made up the word Clone Wars because it sounds cool. Could we just be honest here, AJ? Yeah, it's <laughs> probably George that. It's George Lucas. In fact, if he didn't have anyone... Again, that's why the prequels sucked, because he had full creative control. Well, most prequels. Anyway, um, when he ignites that lightsaber, showing his father his father's lightsaber, Luke's father's right. lightsaber, Anakin. First of all, it's so cool in um, Revenge of the Sith when he picks up the lightsaber. It's a cool little... Because you know how he got it. Right. But that's later on. AJ, give a sentence description of how the audience must have reacted when they see when they saw that lightsaber ignite the first time. What the fuck is that? That's awesome. I want one. <laughs> exactly. Just shitting their pants. It's like the first time people saw Godzilla on the big screen. They're like, what the hell is this? Or like King Kong on top of the Empire State. Yeah, Kong. they're like, holy crap. How is this real? And then we look at it now and it's just like, oh, the lightsaber kind of looks fake. Oh, it looks so fake. It looks so fake. They should... Again, why did they add the stupid McClunky in the Greedo scene, but they didn't fix the goddamn lightsaber? That's too much work, man. It is too much work. They can mess up Harrison Ford's audio all they want. Yeah. Or, you you know, you can make it staticky in one bit and then have it crystal clear because you edit the fucking... You tamper with the audio. But no. No. 
that that's better than you know fixing a lightsaber that looks like ass now. Right. It's like how like I don't have a reference. Uh, or actually, no, I do have a reference. How in like I'm gonna go back to Jurassic Park because I'm just thinking. Oh about my it. god, everything needs to Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, because like Jurassic Park was like the father of like modern CGI. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was like one of the. Ever notice how the like CGI in Jurassic Park one looks actually really good, but then in the third one it doesn't because they overdid it. With the third one, they did close-ups of the CGI. Right. With the original, all the close-ups they did with practical effects, but all the longer shots they had to do with CGI, and it right. looked more realistic. Well, well, because like the story is halfway through the, through the second one, Steven Spielberg just lost interest in it and started making more about the spectacle. Mm-hmm. So it went from actual story with you know PTSD Ian Malcolm to Alan real quick. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fucking Alan. Now, I'm going to write that in the notes next to Iconic Sunset Scene. I'm writing the word Alan. There we go. So, eat it. So it's if, just Iconic Sunset so Scene. If, if, binary, <laughs> if Binary Sunset is Luke's I Want song, is the Alan... Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> is that Alan Grant's I Want to Get Off This Island song? <laughs> Alan Grant's I'm considering suicide at this point song because <laughs> Raptor's speaking human language to him. That is Alan Grant's. Why did they make Ellie Sattler a housewife? She doesn't deserve that. That's Alan Grant's. Oh, why does Ellie Sattler have a wife? I mean, not a wife, a husband and kids, and it's not me. Like that's what the fans wanted to see. Hey, hey. But of course, Dress- no, of course Dress- not. Dresscar had what my possibly my favorite scene in that entire trilogy. When the sun is watching Barney and a movie about dinosaurs. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking genius. Okay, let's go back to Star Wars. Yeah. Oh. After an Obi-Wan's hut, it cuts to Princess Leia on the Death Star, who's been taken captive by Darth Vader. Leia is repeatedly interrogated and asked about the whereabouts of the Rebel base, which is hidden on Yavin 4, but we don't know at the end, and neither, neither does the Empire, which refuses to crack. Vader is in a command room. He is challenged by a commander. And this is where we first see him use the first joke. Yeah, wait, before we talk about that scene, we'll just go back to the Leia part. Okay. I'm just going to say a few words. Torture kinky death ball. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck is that even supposed to do? <laughs> they used it on Han Solo, too. Wait, they did? Well, they used, like, a stationary version. No, yeah, they used, like, a table version. But that just, it looked like it was a ball with a bunch of needles sticking out. But, like, that one, like, why were they doing it to Han? They didn't need to get any information out of him. They just wanted to torture him. Because of the Empire. Empire. Alright, so, the room. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Mark. So God. yeah, Darth Vader loses his shit because, um, hold on, I have this in my notes, give me a sec. Oh yeah, your sad devotion to your ancient religion. Damn, you fucking killed him, dude. <laughs> like, that, that fucking officer fucking killed Vader, dude. Like, now, holy crap. The audience reaction was when Vader lifted one finger and choked out a man. They are probably like, oh my god, this is the coolest stuff I've ever seen. Because it's just, Darth Vader, because at this point, it's at this point in the movie where he, you know he's a certified badass. Right. Like, he just starts choking him. Because he literally just made fun of the Force. So, Wano Vader does, he chokes him with two fingers. Also, in this scene, we're introduced to Grandma, uh, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. 
who yeah he kind of like reside in this movie he kind of like resides over vader and kind of like the role that the emperor has but then he's not in the other two and he's never killed i guess he's blown up no he's blown up yeah at the end well yeah. grandma chakra has some weird authority over vader it's yeah weird. i don't it's it's oh i never got it was never explained either yeah I, it was never explained especially in the next movie where vader is just changing admirals yeah, exactly. And then he just kills Admiral from Admiral. <laughs> like, what the? And then in this one, it's just Grandma Tarkin is like the Emperor. It's like, what happens here? Something happens. But anyone, anyway, yeah, Darth Vader will literally choke anyone who is somewhat rude to him, and it's great. It's great. Huh, sir, I went to go get your lunch, but they didn't have any ice, which I put in the drink. <laughs> you will get no drink, no more. It's like um, a guard walks up to him. Sure, I was gonna go get McDonald's. You want anything? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll get a vegan burger. I'm trying to cut off. Um, they don't have that. Darth Vader just slaughters everyone in the room. Because that's what he would do, because he's fucking Darth Vader. Have you seen the robot chicken sketch where uh, it, it's Palpatine on an escalator? And <gasps> yes! Yes, I've seen that! It's so fucking good. My it's lord. So good. My, My lord. lord. Trooper. We shut the fuck up! <laughs> it's just. My lord, Star Trooper. My lord, Star Trooper. Okay, for God's sakes, it's so. <laughs> All right. Anyways, back on Tatooine, Luke and Ben discover that the Jawas have been slaughtered by Imperial troops. Luke gets a sense of fear, which I I believe is his first kind of semi encounter with the Force. Mm -hmm. And he rushes back home to find uh, the flaming corpses of Baru and and Owen. Now let's talk about this for a sec. There's been a lot of theories out there that says Boba Fett actually killed them. And that's why Darth Vader says no disintegrations when talking about capturing the Millennium Falcon. I think Boba Fett might have killed them. Is that just me? I feel like that's um, a proper theory. Because, no. like, Stormtroopers don't have flamethrowers. Why were they burned? Wouldn't they just get shot? Well, don't they have, they have fire troopers? I guess, but to be honest, AJ, they were not invented when this movie came out. That was, like, in the expanded universe. Also, also, like, Boba Fett in Episode 5 along with the rest of the Bounty Hunters, they're not, like, part of the Empire. They were hired to get- Yeah, they were hired. The Empire. That's true. Uh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting theory I like to go off of, just to give Boba Fett some more- Right. Death. Because, like, Boba Fett is a Bounty Hunter. He's working for yeah. Jabba the Hutt. Jabba is not related to the Empire. Yeah, that's true. That, that, that is made abundantly clear throughout. I just- Yeah, I know. I just like making, like, cool theories like that. Because, like, what if- you know, he was working with them, or what if he was in the area and he saw what was going on? Like, I don't know. But, like, Luke also shows barely any emotion when he sees his pretty much parents die. Like, it's not his parents, but they raised him from birth. Right. So, I, is that weird? I feel like... I feel like it's almost like, for him, like, he's sad, but it's almost like the chain's breaking free. Yeah, he's free, but, like, these are the people he's known for 19 years. I don't know. I Again, also as the audience don't give a shit, so therefore Luke kind of doesn't give a shit, which I kind of feel like it works, but I still found it a bit odd. I don't know about you. It's a bit odd. Yeah. So, Ben and Luke, along with the droids, go to Mos Eisley in their speeder. Now, on the edge of a cliff of Mos Eisley, Ben Kenobi says the iconic line, the most, the most wretched hive scum and villainy. Oh, God. I want to talk about that. So, uh, I know <laughs> a lot about the theme parks, especially Universal and Disneyland and Disney World in Florida. And mm -hmm. in 2011, they redid Star Tours to 
start towards the adventures continue, which are themed around the prequels, it's different variants. And in the it takes place between three and four, like in the middle. Now, in the queue is themed like a spaceport, and they're they play and like in the queue they play almost like travel logs, like travel ads for each planet. And the ad for Tatooine talks about uh, Moss Eisley and calls it the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> so, are you telling me Obi Wan, the great and wise Ben Kenobi, took his his an iconic saying from a fucking travel ad he saw in an airport once? Dude, Obi Wan stole that phrase from a fucking travel ad. Like. <sighs> I can't be too upset about Star Tours, though. There's a part where they go to Naboo, and they run over Jar Jar Binks. Oh my god, dude. I think I rode that, and I remember that part vividly. But at the time, I didn't give a shit, because I was like eight, but still. I would love to do that again, just to kill that piece of crap Jar Jar Binks. Except that the ride is randomized. There's like a one in like a like a six chance that you'll get uh, Naboo. Yeah. So anyways... They go, they they take the speeder down to Mos Eisley, and they get stopped by stormtroopers. And this is where you see the first of the Force mind manipulation. The, these are not the droids you're looking for. The Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Dude, if I had that shit in real life, I'd use it all the time. <laughs> One Travis got Fortnite burger. Why? I've never had one, and I don't I've think I've had it will. twice. Is it good? It is actually really good. That's why I, 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 I feel like it is good, but I feel like I would just be so ashamed. I was like, can I get a Travis Scott Fortnite? No, well, the thing is, I never actually ordered it myself. My mom just ordered it because she always gets something on, like, a Friday night. Right. My friend was talking about how his mom's favorite um, burger is the Travis Scott burger, and she gets it every time now. I want to shoot something right now so bad because of what you just told me. That makes me cringe so hard. Oh, my God. Why are we talking about the Travis Scott burger? It's Star Wars. Wait. <laughs> Anyways. So, after the Jedi mind tricks, um, they, they want to, you know, they need to find a pilot, so they go to the cantina. Now, I want to talk about the cantina as a whole. Yeah, me too. We see the cantina once in the entire series. We hear the music once in the entire series. And it is one of the most iconic scenes ever. And, like, it's never referenced or, like, there's no, like, music homages to it again. Yeah, the, the, because it's so catchy. And I, all right, AJ, why don't I love about the scene? <clears throat> I love how Luke is so uncomfortable around all these aliens. Because he's like, I've never seen some of these species right. before in my life. He's so uncomfortable. And I love it. I also love how they're racist towards droids. I literally just wrote in all caps in my notes, DROID RACISM! That's all I wrote. <laughs> That's literally all I wrote. Right. Before, um, so Obi-Wan goes to talk to Chewie, which I assume he knows from, uh, Yoda. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, we get one of the things that I remember vividly. <laughs> I don't like you. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. My friend doesn't like you either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, before we get to, you know, Mr. Um, Balls Alien, I just want to mention how literal Satan is in the cantina. Yeah. You know that? Like, literally, you know, scum, hive of scum and villainy. Like, this place is so bad and evil that literal Satan is in here. Yeah. Yeah. 
literal saint and alien. And then, so, they go and meet with Han Solo. Harrison Ford is just so good. Mm-hmm. He plays the, um, the character it, not as a hero, as, like, a dick, which I it love. instantly clicks. Mm-hmm. You instantly, like, get... Oh, the cocky guy in it for the money. Yeah, that's all he is, and that's all he has to be. And I just love that, and I feel like that's the kind of click that the prequels were missing. You know what I mean? Right. And he only did it. He only did it because Obi Wan promised him more money than he all than mm-hmm. he put on the table. Exactly. So I love. Oh, also, when it comes to the um, I don't like you, I don't like you either part. When Obi Wan cuts the guy's arm off, you know, I know this is probably just you know at the time they didn't really know what lightsabers really were yet. But I just want to mention how it's bloody and hollow, opposed to being, like, burnt off. Yeah. You know. Maybe you just, blame it, on the, maybe you just blame it on the species. But, like, yeah, I, whatever. It, they probably didn't know what to do at that point. Right. Anyways. A lackey of Jabba the Hutt comes. Greedo. What kind of alien is Greedo? Greedo is I don't know the species, but can we talk about that um that the the scene? So <sighs> no let's not talk about the special editions. We um, have to though, we gotta bring it up. Like no, no, let's but let's talk, about, let's talk about the original first. Alright, alright, that's fair. In the original, unaltered, 1977. Who shot first? Han. Shot for is that even AJ? Is that even a question? Han shot first, dog. Yeah, yeah. And then George Lucas was like, "Well, you know, that's not a good message for kids. You know, if Han shots for it's making the hero look like a bad guy, and so I made Greedo shoot first, so it looks like self defense. But little does Lucas know that Han Solo isn't a hero at this point. He's like a bad guy. He he's a vigilante." The fact that he shot first adds more to his character. He's just like, you know, I don't want to deal with this bullshit. So he murders him. He's like Batman if Batman killed people. Yeah. It, I'm, okay. That's an argument for another time. I personally think Batman does kill people, but uh, arguments. Batman, um, morally, he doesn't want to, but he... He does, though. People say he doesn't, but he clearly does. Anyway. Because well, the character's supposed to be built on, like, you know... Like, the difference between Superman is that Superman will kill someone compared to Batman who won't, but that... But even though Batman does kill people, and it's very obvious that he does. Well, I mean, he's like, I didn't directly stab them, it's not my fault. (laughs) Or like, I ain't directly smashed his head into a brick wall. Sorry. When we get to the end, I want to talk about how Luke Skywalker is a mass murderer. I mean, yeah, he is, but like, they're like space Nazis, who cares? Oh, and then also, when, um, when Greedo gets shot, I love how no one gives a crap about it. Like, no one cares. Yeah, well, nobody- Literally, cares. no one cares. Nobody- nobody cares when he pulls a lightsaber, either. Like, a blue- Yeah, everything's just went back to normal. Like, especially, like, a blue lightsaber. It's supposed to be, like, this outlawed thing that, like, people haven't seen for years. Everyone's just like- yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, he's an outlaw. He probably found one. Yeah, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised they kicked out um, C-3PO, but they- Well, probably because they didn't want to mess with Obi-Wan. But they didn't kick out, you know, a Jedi. It's kind of weird. Well, how, they probably didn't know that he was a Jedi because, like, they probably just figured, oh, he found it on, like, the black market on a planet, like, uh, that dumbass casino planet. Well, he also wear oh, God. But, yeah, he also wears Jedi robes, though, so you'd think they'd assume, or maybe they don't know what Jedi's are like. Or maybe they know of Ben Kenobi. 
Or maybe they just don't want to mess with the Jedi because he I just mean, cut off a guy's arm. I mean, they do report him and like stormtroopers come in. Yeah, with they him. report him. Actually, I forgot about that. Speaking of, uh, I guess that's the part of the movie we're at now. So let's continue. So, Solo. So blast his way out of the confrontation. Uh, and when, and before they get to the Falcon, which is launching bay, I want to say six. Is I kind of forgot. I don't really. Uh, Fake fans. We're fake fans. I'm sorry, guys. We're fake fans. We don't know the exact docking bay the Millennium Falcon was in. Damn! <sighs> sorry, podcast over. <laughs> We're no longer nerds. We're just short versus short. Guys, this has been short nerd versus shorter nerd. We'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> this has been short versus shorter. We've been stripped of the title nerd. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, um, so, uh, Stormtroopers are walking in the halls. The halls, the the alleyways, and and three PO and R two just hide themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's a spy. There's the Imperial spy. Yeah, the Imperial guy fights like. Wah, 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 wah. He's like. Wah, wah, wah. He's a he's a little elephant man. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like Max Rebo. Kind of reminds me of Max Rebo. Yeah. If y'all the viewers don't know, Max Rebo has a band in uh, the sixth episode. In Jabba's palace, and he's like a little blue elephant man. He's really cool. He's my favorite Star Wars character ever. And I'm not joking. He is my favorite Star Wars character. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anyways, it's better than the little monkey guy on Jabba's shoulder. No, he's it's not. <laughs> no, no, he's annoying. In my opinion, the little monkey guy's annoying. Max Rebo all the way. Especially when Boba Fett pulls out the thermal detonator, he just shuts his eyes. It's like, aww. That's kind of precious. Yeah. Anyways, so so in the Millennium Falcon docking bay, in an edit scene, I'm gonna let you talk about this because you have some very passionate thoughts. Oh yeah, I mean, if you guys couldn't tell, I'm uh, I get political over Star Wars. So let's talk about this scene. In the original 1977, there was a person he was talking to. It wasn't supposed to be Jabba. Um. But, you know, George Lucas being the actual dumb craphead he is, he added Jabba the Hutt in there, a CGI Jabba, which A, ruins the surprise of Episode Six Jabba, B, is a terrible CGI version that looks nothing like the Episode Six and it doesn't even look real, and finally, it doesn't work because Han Solo is awkwardly close to him, and when he steps over his tail, oh my god, when he steps over his tail... It doesn't look real. They obviously edited it in. It's just everything about that. Again, that's the special edition that they have on Disney Plus, and they had, you know, when they made the special editions. Right. It's just an un. It's just a pointless ad, like added scene. Honestly. Honestly, in my opinion, I think they just could have cut that whole scene out of the movie because even the original didn't make sense. You know who the yeah. fuck is he talking to? Like you know what I mean? But anyways, uh, because of the spy, they're. They're noted, and uh, stormtroopers come, and they barely, barely get that hunk of junk off of Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Because the stormtroopers can't hit. And this is the first time we kind of see stormtroopers as the stormtroopers we know of today. Because at the beginning of the movie, right. um, they were, like, bad at Like, they actually killed, all, like, almost all the rebels and imprisoned all the other ones. Now, when they're facing our heroes, we get the old hero kind of doesn't get shot. Yeah. Through. 
and that are kind of in all movies. While we're talking about the hunk of junk, uh-huh. uh huh. Let's talk about the castle run. Oh yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, how can you do a castle run in twelve parsecs? The parsecs is a distance, not time. In my opinion, that adds to the charm. Parsecs is the unit of distance and not time. They got it wrong. By the way, what is the unit of time? What shouldn't have like what should they, they have said? They well, yours are BBY. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares though? Because half the people who see this movie won't even know what parsecs are, and they'll just assume it's unit of time. Yeah. That's what I assumed. For it adds, yeah, it adds to the charm, though, even if you do know. That's what 10-year-old me said watching it on VHS. I was like, what's a parsecs? Wano, well, it's funny, AJ. I thought... <sighs> I really hate admitting this. I thought the Kessel Run was the name of the ship for, like, a good year. Yeah, I know. Laugh. Please. No, but, like, this is when I was young, though. This was, like, before I knew the prequels were shit and stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, good point by everyone here. Uh, nobody called it the Millennium Falcon. It's the Falcon. The Falcon. Like, we're calling him ha- Han Solo. We're not, we, we are not Lando Calrissian. Yeah. But everyone, including Lando, calls it, calls it the Fal- Falcon. Falcon. You almost said it. You almost said Falcon. I say Falcon. <laughs> it's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is this the... Um... Right, so next up, hold on, I got kind of lost. This is where they come up um, across Alderaan's remains, right? No, no, they got to blow up Alderaan first. Right, 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 right. So, okay. so, so, oh, so... I don't know why I forgot about that. What, what, what you forgot, it's one of the most important scenes in the movie. No, because I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at the plot synopsis, I'm looking at the notes right now. Right, yeah, so I yeah. probably just did, I pro- oh wait, no, I do have a um one note on it, which I'll get to in a sec. So, Tarkin decides to break Leia's... Uh, you know, her torture, because she's not breaking. So she decides mm-hmm. to test the power of the Death Star and try to break her with her home planet of Alderaan. So he gets her to the window, and they fucking blow up Alderaan. <laughs> Alder- I just wrote in my notes, Alderaan fucking dies. And Leia, <laughs> and Leia reveals the location of the base in hope of saving Alderaan. And they just fucking blow it up anyways. It wasn't even the base. It was an abandoned. It was Dantooine, which is a planet. Also, I want to bring up AJ. Um, I think I know why she was doing a British accent halfway through the scene. I think she was like kind of mocking Tarkin, right? Right. Right. Or was I, she just doing it to be because she had no clue what was going on? <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. I you heard. don't know. Yo, now when you rewatch the scene, think of what I told you. She has a British accent. Like she's like. I recognize your foul stench. Like, she has a- I can't do- Actually, hold on. I recognize the foul- I just did a JFK accent on accident. Uh, nothing bad ever happened to the candidate. Wait, I could do a British accent when I'm saying this, but not when I can say that line. But yes, yeah, she does a British accent, and I think- I think she's mocking Grandma Tarkin. But she could also just- I don't know. Well, while that's happening, Obi-Wan- Heard million of the voices call out in terror and then be immediately silenced. Yes. Such a powerful. It's it's so powerful how he like Alec Guinness plays that off. Yeah, how he how he like words that. I think it's really great. Um, and this is what we see Luke training with the lightsaber. Um, mm-hmm. and you know he puts in the helmet 
um, Han is quick to call on the it's all fake hokey. Yeah, he thinks the force is BS, and to be honest, I don't blame him. I mean, he has no midichlorians, right. so obviously he thinks it's all BS. But then oh. when he gets every single shot with the visor down, he's just it's just luck, and then Obi-Wan's in like, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Um, and then, you know, we can't forget the most important part about that scene. What would that be? Um... 3PO's kicking Chewie's ass and Han's oh, like, yeah! Han like, don't don't beat him, he's gonna rip your fucking arms out. Exactly. And, no, it 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 no, it's R2's playing against him and 3PO's just like Oh yeah, R2's, R2's playing against him. Yeah, R2's he's like, R2, I think you should let the Wookiee win now. And then when um when Han mentioned the fact that Wookiees rip arms off when they lose, I love how Chewbacca puts both of his arms behind his head and just like kind of chills out. Because he's like, yeah, I'm a Wookiee. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I, so I, good. Well, I thought he was doing that because Han said you should let him win, and he felt sad. Like, I can never win on my own. No, I think he was kind of doing that because he felt, like, snarky and happy. It might, have been, it might have been a little bit of both. Yeah, maybe. You could interpret it in uh, different ways, I guess. But anyway, um, anyways. So after <laughs> then, thing, anyways. Anyway, it's, 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 an, it's an easy transition. It's just the easiest transition. So, so Ben Kenobi obviously feels the disturbance in the Force. And they go to Alderaan, and it's it's a mysterious asteroid storm. This wasn't picked up. And they don't see the planet anywhere. Just mm. dust and rocks. But they see a small moon. And that's not a small moon. That's a space station. And I love this scene so much. Next thing you know, they're stuck in the tractor beam. Dude, okay, can I talk about this scene real quick? Yes. All right. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie, and this might be a surprise, because it's not a lot of people's favorite scene. It's when they realize, they slowly put the pieces together, and it's great. They're like, wait, where's Alderaan the system? It's completely gone. It was destroyed by the Empire. It's like, that's impossible. And then, wait, no, I think Han says, that's impossible. Not a fleet can do that. And then they see the supposed moon, and then they slowly realize that that's a that's a space station that just destroyed an entire planet. And once they realize, both Han and Obi-Wan are like, we should turn around. And then he's like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And then in this scene, I just want to point out, you know the meme where Anakin says this is where the fun begins? Yeah. Han said it first. Han said it first in this scene. And no one ever quotes Han. And I find it kind of sad. Because well, Han did say it first. Um, because he's not a prequels and r slash prequel memes rules all. r slash prequel memes is the best subreddit, and I don't even use Reddit. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, they get sucked in by the tractor beam. Then they get put on the ship, and then um, they search the ship, and they don't find anything because they're actually hiding underneath the floors. And then uh, the guard tells Darth Vader, there's no one on the ship. And Darth Vader senses Obi-Wan, and he's like, search the ship again. Um, um tear this ship apart and shit like that and then he says i sense something something that i haven't sensed since and then he kind of cuts himself off that's when he realizes that obi-wan's on the ship right. he senses obi-wan because ever he, um something that i haven't felt since since the battle on Mustafar. The, and, so and because he goes since and then he just cuts off that yeah and then this is so awkward for like the officer he's just like uh, well, I think I, that that's definitely George Lucas going. I don't know since what. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
George Lucas maybe having something in his head, but maybe not. It's George Lucas going. What if? No, work down the end. Work down. What if there's an alien named Jar Jar and <laughs> yeah, he spoke in a Haitian accent? Can you just imagine if Jar Jar was in his head ever since 1977? I mean, just Jar- imagine Jar Jar is the Sith Lord, as we know. Jar Jar is the secret Sith Lord. He always was. It was never Palpatine. In fact, Jar Jar was the Phantom Menace. It was never Palpatine. I mean, isn't isn't Jar Jar the reason why Palpatine's term got extended? Exactly! <laughs> He's the one who gave emergency <laughs> powers. Alright, we'll talk about that when we talk about the god-awful Phantom Menace. Actually, wait, no, that's not even in Phantom Menace. What movie is that in? Uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. always forget if it's in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith for some reason. So, anyways. Oh. Yeah. The... They, their plan becomes knock out the stormtroopers. And put on the stormtrooper gear. Right. Oh, so Han, so Obi-Wan goes off to shut off the tractor beam. Han doesn't want to get in the gear, but looks like you're saving a princess. Ew. You know. <laughs> Ew. Nice, nice reward. And he's like, alright. And they put Chewie in fake cuffs. Right. Um, How did 3PO and R2 get off the ship? Did they just kind of wander? I think they kind of just followed along. Yeah. We least have to assume they kind of just, uh, sneaked off. I mean, and they're they're probably not that sus, because they're already on the Death Star. Yeah, droids are on the Death Star. Like, nobody, nobody, also, probably, nobody blinks an eye. It's at this point in the movie where I wrote down in my notes, AJ, have you ever noticed that the Stormtrooper helmets look like skulls? They look like skeletons. I don't think they're supposed to. Yeah, but I just kind of realized that. And I don't know why... Because I, ha- I actually have a, as you can hear it in the mic, I have um, a Stormtrooper mug right here. Um, the mouth area has, like, lines on it, and there's, like, two eye holes, and it looks like a skull. And I kind of just realized that, and I feel kind of stupid for it. Huh. I think that's really cool. And you just look at clone troopers, and you're just like, yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, battle attack. I mean, to be fair, clone troopers look way better than Stormtroopers, but... Still. That's neither here nor there, but it's 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 definitely there. So anyways, um further in the plot, the plot thickens. They um have this plan, you know, to bring up Chewie and stuff. And I love how Han only goes because of the cash prize again for the princess. It's such a solo move. Like, yeah, it's just a Han move. And then, um, I love how they face backwards in the elevator. And then Luke also says, I can't see a thing in this helmet. And you're just like, oh, so that's why the Stormtroopers suck. Also, well, I think it's supposed to be that. And it's also supposed to set up the, you're a little short for a Stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then, um, they enter the room and they're like, where are you taking this thing? And I just wrote down in all caps, RACISM! Um, so... So they, anyways, they wipe out the guards, and Luke goes to, Luke goes to get Leia because they know what so she's in, uh, thanks thanks to three PO and R two in a command room. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is a really good Han Solo movement. Him with the uh, Solo with the with the communication thing. He's like, uh, everything's fine here. We're all fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> How are you? Perfect comedic timing. It's so funny. Everything is fine. H- how are you? And he's Everything's like, perfectly fine here. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? 
So good. He's like, what the fuck? And I just, he just fucking shoots it. He's like, oh, cheese. Yeah, and then when he realized he made a mistake, he just shoots it. It's just like, that's so Han. Yeah, and he's like, it's like, kid, you gotta get out of there. Oh, and then, um, we're gonna have, hey, we're about to have, um, a short nerd versus short nerd spiritual moment when Luke enters that cell. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you? Are you a little short for a stormtrooper? I just wrote. Felt that on a personal level. <laughs> really do. I just felt that on a personal level. Hey, man. I've never dressed as a stormtrooper on Halloween. It's just like, fuck. <laughs> I can't. Uh, oh, I don't get with my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the shame. Oh, that's horrible. We don't live in Alabama. Yes. Uh, horrible. It's fucking great that we don't live there. No, 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 I mean, like, the concept of it is horrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, I said fucking anyways again. God damn it. Um, I mean, did you just go anyways? Are we in... Anyways? <laughs> eh? Canada? Anyways, we're in Canada now, yeah? Eh? Eh? Okay. So, I love how in this scene where they're fighting the stormtroopers, I love how Leia has the idea to go in the trash compactor, because it's just like... Yeah, she's kind of a badass, you know what I mean? She's not this regular Disney princess. Yeah, I um, mean, she goes, I mean, she must have felt guilty when they're about to be crushed. Because she right. brought him she down still there. She is a little damsel in distress in this one. Um, like, yeah. Especially, like, when she kisses Luke on the cheek. That was stupid. We'll get to that. Um, But, like, episode 5 and 6. I know why it took, like, she should have just been general- because she essentially was General Origama, but they didn't. It took them, and you know, four more movies to go. Mm -hmm. She's old now. She is a general. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was kind of a missed thing. But then again, it it was also the seventies. They they <laughs> yeah, they needed to have a female heroine. They, they needed to just have that. And this, let's take let let's let's take this with a pinch of salt. In the seventies, just having a female heroine was big because like mm -hmm. you know they didn't really understand what women were were like powerful yeah and, and like in the in the original um poster like luke has his fucking like shirt off and leia's like holding on to his leg well that's and why thank that's, god they changed it like when I, right when i when i bought the poster i bought i purposely bought the other one mm -hmm. and that's also the reason why i i don't want to buy the episode six poster because why it says Revenge of the Jedi instead of Return? No, because Slave Leia. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, eh, it's whatever though. Between, well, between a, I don't want people walking in and be like, "What, what, what you got there, buddy? <laughs> what well, you got there, buddy?" Boy? Also, I, 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 I do feel kind of guilty, like every, like every time that like stuff about that pops up, because like, you know, she was, she... they sexualized her, and it was kind of wrong. Yeah, and also rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh, I just realized that's yeah, way more awkward than I thought. Yeah. So this podcast took a dark turn. Let's get the movie. How many? So, I like, oh, I, yeah. So. I like how this is the darkest part of the planet. Uh, darkest part. Darkest part of the podcast. You know, they blew up a planet earlier. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that was in the movie. We got like to real life really quick. Um, but, alright, so they go in the trash compactor. This is a really great scene, because everyone's just so fed up with each other, like, you know. I love this scene. 
And then why is there a mo- how is there a monster down there? And how has he been living down there? Um, have you ever seen the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special? No, I hate that show. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I do hate that show. It it it's the best adaptation of Star Wars Disney has done since uh, since the purchase, and it's not canon either. Obviously, yeah. Like they they say in the beginning, like in the in the title card, just it's not canon. So let go of your hats and just enjoy it. (laughs) That's good. Um, Star Wars fandom. Um. But uh, like they have they have Doof like getting like because he has like machine that's powered by garbage from the trash compactor and he gets like an aqua suit and he like dives into it and there's like an entire like sea down there and he's like he's friends with the sea monster. Yeah. Um. The sea monster does look really fake. I actually, it's fine. I think it looks kind of cool, especially when it blinks its eye, which I think they added the blinking of the eye in the special edition. Right. Well, yeah, it's funny with the eye that kind of breaks it for me. Mm. But, like, you know what it reminds me of? What? Like, almost like the like the Beetlejuice sandworms, like, from the movie. <gasps> right, yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's all claymation. That's true. Um, but yeah, after, you know, Luke gets attacked by the monster, um, the walls start closing in, cause, uh, that ironically just happens at that moment. But, you know, we'll just go with it. So the walls start closing in, this reminds me of the scene in uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, when the same thing is happening with Indiana Jones and Short Round. Right. And, um, C-3PO is kind of the version of, um, what's her name? Shit, why is it escaping me? Oh, um, uh, Willie, in that movie where she's like, I can't do it, when she has to stick her, um, hand in the bug, right. uh, lever. But then this time, C-3PO just doesn't know what to do, <laughs> and he's just freaking out. And then when they finally get saved, they're all laughing, but 3PO thinks that they're screaming. Yeah, it's that's, that, it, it's really funny. But, you know what the thing, it's not that he doesn't know what to do, Stormtroopers come in, and they start questioning 3PO and R2, so he has his, like, communication thing, like, down and try not to make any sound mm-hmm. yeah and you know mark hamill is just yelling on top of his lungs with his silky wet hair Tripio! Tripio! come on Tripio! yeah that's great and then they get out <laughs> and then holly keeps on calling leia your worshipness and she gets so pissed off oh because he's a cocky son of a bitch yeah yeah oh and then uh, of course uh, I forgot to mention this before, but Stormtrooper mocking his head on the door. Remember that part? That was... That's for... Oh. They kept that! I like to mention that they did, like, five takes, and the they just didn't notice that until someone was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, that's true. On the internet. Yeah, they just kept it. Oh, and then I also wrote... Alright, so, um, further in the plot... Uh, they leave the trash compactor, you know, safe and sound. They almost die. But then they're, you know, traveling through the Death Star, and they come across Stormtroopers. And then <laughs> this scene where just Han chases, like, 12 Stormtroopers. Right. Why? Like, it's one person with a handgun versus 12 armed Stormtroopers with assault rifles. Although, well... Like, it's so silly. Well, because he only originally chased after two of them. And, oh, right, and then they added and then, even and then, two of them. Like, come like, on. Well, because he's like, 
he he's encountered them before. He's he's he got cocky. He's like I could handle them. Not and they were running because I they knew where they were going. And he you know he runs and he's like ah yeah yeah yeah. And then when he when he turns into that room, there's just seventy six of them. That is one of my favorite scenes in, in like the. But entire- they add, again they added seventy six in the special edition. It was originally like um like a few more, but they added I- so many. I, I like it more with, like, so many of them. I actually do like it more. Even if it makes no sense, it's just funny. Like, it's just legit funny. Yeah. But, so, oh, anyways, they the group tries to get out of the Falcon, and they do. Obi-Wan has shut down the tractor movement by that point, but he couldn't, But he ends up confronting Vader. Now, oh, alright, so let's talk about this scene. Um, Thematically, it was cool. Mm-hmm. In... Like, concept, great. Execution. Because, look, alright, so if you guys don't know what we're talking about, whoever hasn't seen the movie, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader end up fighting after, like, how many years? Like, 30 Nin- years? 19. 19? Oh, it's 19? Well, because Luke is 19, and then, right? I just guessed that number. Yeah, probably, probably around. Yeah, so, they end up fighting. Right. And, you know, if you've seen the Mustafar battle, this is the most underwhelming battle. Even if you haven't seen the Mustafar battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan, or I guess at that point, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, um, it's very underwhelming. It's very um, outdated, the choreography in the fight. And they did an SC reimagining where they pretty much redid that entire fight. And I always wonder, why didn't they add something like that to the special editions, but they'll add... Like, McClunky in the Greedo scene. Oh, because George Lucas is not that smart. Yeah. I um, just wish they would have added the special fight in... The- I don't know. But, honestly, I I kind of like it, though, because, like, I like the original trilogy. Like, the sequel trilogy fights and the prequels are really good, mm-hmm. but they're way, t- they're way too over-choreographed, and it very much seems like half the time they're just going... Well, especially in the prequel ones, like there's like the um, fight on Mustafar, which I could defend the over choreography because Jedi are supposed to predict like predict every mood, but it looks more like a dance sometimes. Right, or like that like, fight's great, but it just looks like a dance. Yeah, I I was about to say the same about Yoda versus uh, Sidious, but that's different because he's just throwing. Yeah, but that whole fight's kind of dumb. Can we all just admit the worst lightsaber fight in the whole saga is Count Dooku versus Obi-Wan and Anakin, and then uh, Yoda in Episode 2? Yeah. Not the one in Episode 3. The one in Episode 3 was actually one of my favorite lightsaber fights, but the one in Episode 2 is the worst. My yeah. Opinion. Anyways, we're getting off topic. We'll talk about that in the Episode 2 review. Whenever that may come up. Which... Yeah, it'll, come, it'll definitely come up. It'll come up, but that's the whim of you. What does that mean? We'll come to that later. Oh, Ooh. at the end, when we're done talking about this movie, which is actually sooner than I thought. Holy crap. Um, so anyway, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, like, even for, like, all the cuts and everything, like, this is, th- this is still gonna be, like, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Definitely a good time. So anyway, when Obi-Wan chooses to die, it's very powerful, because, um, if Obi-Wan didn't choose to die... Possibly Luke would not have blown up the Death Star. I don't think Luke would have blown up the Death Star because Obi Wan would be able to talk to him through Force Ghost. Right. So the fact that um, Obi Wan chooses to die is really powerful. And then you know they all get on the Falcon. Obi Wan realizes that the that the fate of like the next Jedi he has 
he has him set up. He knows that he's gonna send him to Dagobah, mm-hmm. and and he's like, I've I've done what I needed to do. I pre- my job after the fall of the, the Republic was to protect the boy, and I protected yeah, the boy. And now the boy is experienced enough, and he dies. It's very powerful. Yeah, the boy's becoming a man. He, yeah. He's letting go. He's not a boy anymore. He's Well, I mean, he's not. A, he's nowhere near a Jedi in this movie, but he's definitely a man now. Right. So anyways, uh, the TIE Fighters... Well, the, first of all, they get in the Falcon and they escape, obviously, because Stormtroopers yes. do not know how to hit jack shit. They get in the, in the Millennium Falcon, and then uh, this uh, is oh, such a good scene. I'm sorry, sir. Sir. The Falcon. Falcon. Falcon, dude. Uh, want to narrate the fight scene? The TIE fighter scene? So... So, there, there's two TIE fighters. Is it two or three? I think it's three. Yeah, it's three. There's the three TIE fighters chasing after them. And Chewie takes hold of the wheel. Leia stays in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke goes to the lower blasters on the Falcon. Han goes to the upper one. Han takes out, I think Han takes out two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's still one left that he can't get to, and Luke has to get because he's on the lower one. And Luke gets it, and he gets all happy. And you know the don't get too don't get too cocky, kid. Yeah. The cockiest person. Say so, yeah cocky. from the cockiest person. Like says the cockiest person in the whole movie. And then uh, they get all of them, pretty much. And it's a really fun scene. The move, the music's really good, actually. Yeah. So, then we have um, during that scene. Oh, yeah, I wrote down, during that scene, R2-D2 is, like, literally saves the day every single movie. He puts out a fire that they had with, like, his little fire extinguisher built in. And I'm just like, god damn, when does R2-D2 not save the day? He He's the real hero of these Honestly, movies. Honestly, why didn't fucking R2-D2 get a medal? So stupid. Oh, because he's a droid. Yeah. And we'll talk about Chewie at the end. Um... So, after that, they the Rebels escape to Yavin 4. Now, they know that the Empire is coming after them. They know the Death Star is coming up to Yavin 4. They have the plans in R2. They're retrieved. So they have to get the plans out to their troops, show them what they gotta do, and quick, because the Death Star is approaching. I think they had, like, literally 30 minutes. They had, they had like, 30 minutes. Literally, they blow it up as it's about to fire. Yeah, it's insane. It, it starts firing, and uh-huh. and once the laser is about to shoot, then the reactor explosion has happened. Mm-hmm. Which is actually crazy, but, you know. Well, we're um, on the side of the Death Star. The Rebels capture it once, and then they make another one, and they don't even get the plans for it. Oh, you're talking about the second Death Star? Yeah, like, it's... Why would you make it with the same weakness, but bigger, in a bigger opening? Well, that's a talk for another day. We'll I guess talk about Return of the Jedi, but the, yeah, that is... Like, it's still under construction. Yeah, but you have a big-ass hole to get in there. Exactly, yeah. Compared to just a little exhaust port. Wouldn't you just make the exhaust port smaller? Or, I don't know, not have an <laughs> exhaust port? Just, like, cover it up. Well, uh, the original plot hole in Episode 4 is, you know... Rogue One explains it in a perfect way. It was purposely made there by Jyn Erso's dad. Um, which is a really nice way to cover up a plot hole. Right. I really like that. Well, that's what you get when you have a series that has a lot of... You could do a lot of continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, oh, and then they're about to, so pretty much, they are going into this as if they're not going to win, I feel like. Because this is, again, Han is kind of a dick about it. He's leaving with the reward. Obviously, we know he comes back at the end. But for now, we think right. he's leaving with the reward. He's like, kid, this isn't so much of an attack. This is a suicide. And to be fair, Han was kind of right. How was he supposed to know that Obi-Wan was going to talk to um, Luke through the Force? Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, um, if he didn't, it would have been suicide. Also, you know, they so they get to... Uh, they, they get to Yavin 4, and... Who does Luke meet up with? Biggs. And where? They're like, yo, he used to shoot Womp Rats and Tatooine. He was the best out of them. He'll do just fine. <laughs> when? <laughs> like, why did he do that? Um, Like, yeah, he could shoot Womp Rats. All right, cool. Go blow up a space yeah, station. Yeah, go blow up a giant space station now. Because you used to shoot right. some tiny animals. Right. Awesome contrast. But, um, yeah, so after that, you know, again, Biggs, we haven't seen the whole movie, which there's a deleted scene where Biggs was on Tatooine earlier, but they kind of just deleted that. Um, so that's the first time we kind of see him. So then they get ready for the battle, and they go. And the tension while they set up is really good because there's barely any music. It's just noises of people getting ready. And right. then finally the music starts, and you see the X-Wing slowly going up to the Death Star, and I think that's a great shot. So... I, I want to tell you a fun story. Do you know why it's it is a why why it's red leader and gold leader? Why is that? It was supposed to be red leader and blue leader, but the blue leader was messing with the green screen blue screen when they were filming, so they had to change it. Oh my god, really? Yeah, that's why it's it's gold leader instead of blue. That's like kind of the same scenario with um Luke's lightsaber in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, or yeah. like, or I don't know. Henry Cavill's mustache. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the tension's building up, and then they go to attack the Death Star, and this is the final act of the movie. And holy crap, it's probably one of the best final acts ever. Like, in movie history. I think I yeah. can say that. Um, um, talk about it being a suicide mission. Everyone dies except for Luke. No, uh, I think a few are left. No, because yeah, like, no, they, they, they all get blown up. And then, or, and I think one misses. It doesn't Biggs miss. No, but, like, I feel like Biggs survived, right? No, he didn't, because if Biggs survived, then wouldn't he be with Luke on a Hoth instead of Dax? <gasps> That's true. So, yeah, everyone did die. And then when everyone does die, Luke is, like, so scared, because he's like, oh, my God, this is up to me. I am going to kill the universe. <laughs> and then when Darth Vader gets on the tie fighter vader and the tie fighter ever we just saw it once and it's so sick like legit so obviously luke slowly realizing that all the rebels are dying around him and the fact that's all up to him he's terrified and then tarkin had a chance to leave and he was like i think you're overestimating their chances because at this point, they don't know the Rebels to be some great, you know, force. They just right. see them as little shits trying to attack a giant space station. Right. Also, it's after the Death Star explodes that they realize, oh, these Rebels are kind of no joke. Also, Tarkin knows... Uh, Tarkin doesn't know that that is a Skywalker. He doesn't know that he's been working with Obi-Wan. He doesn't know that he is force-sensitive. Exactly. He thinks, Rebel scum. 
not Rebel Jedi. We're not person that can literally blow up a two centimeter hole because Obi Wan tells him to. So, uh, yeah. So Darth Vader and the Tie Fighter is sick, and then this one guy, um, the Tie Fighter guy. Uh, no, wait, no. There's two Tie Fighters uh, along Darth Vader, and then Darth Vader's like, "The Force is strong with this one." And I wrote down in my notes, "Little did you know, that's your son." And I always found that like really weird, because Darth right. Vader has no idea. And the fact that Darth Vader haven't sh- hasn't showed a moment in like Empire where he's like actually mad at Luke for blowing up his space station is kind of weird. Well, because I don't think he he cares, because like. Vader also kills, like, Admiral after Admiral. I think it's like, you know, he's like, I'm the most powerful person in the galaxy. Don't fuck mm. with me. Yeah. Oh, and then the music is, uh, tensing up. Right. And, and then, then finally, do you want to say it? Han Solo comes back in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah! Chewie. He takes out the other TIE Fighters. He throws off Vader. He goes, you're all clear, kid. And he shoots it in, and the bullets somehow curve down. Which doesn't and, make sense. And the, at the last second, right before they blow up Yavin 4, yeah, it blows up. Now, um, I only have one criticism with this scene. Mm-hmm. It's very weird how when Han Solo returns, it, he doesn't have any heroic scoring. It's just this, like the same dramatic, you know what I'm saying? Well, he, he gives the Yahoo, and then Darth Vader's like, what? I think the Yahoo is just kind of cool. And plus, like, the, right. the glue glimmering effect of when the Millennium Falcon comes on screen. But, like, I- I think I, that was just a- Yeah, I don't I, think- I, 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 I thought they would at least give him, like, a little fanfare, but, like, there's no change in music. I mean, there's no such thing as a Han Solo theme, either. No, but, like, so they, they could- uh, what else? I mean, they, they could've used the main theme. Uh, that's true. I don't know, I, I mean, think it's fine. I mean, they used the main theme- They used the main theme in Episode Eight when BB-8 was shooting coins, so, like, they have no bearing. Oh my god. Yeah, sure. They keep the main thing for anything at that point. So, yeah, they blow up the Death Star, come back to Yavin, literally right before it's about to blow it up. How convenient. And we're getting towards the end of the movie. Uh, So, we gotta... Oh, and then obviously, I forgot to mention, Luke's sigh of relief is just so satisfying. Yeah. And he's like, oh shit, I just blew up a space station. Luke kind of murdered billions of people not billions but like millions of people yeah but like, the empire also did the same thing so like the, like you know two wrongs yeah don't make a... yo yeah he did they did that like times three huh. to all two, so two i guess wrongs, it's not huh, two wrongs don't make a right so but i guess sometimes they make a left but it's also like a bunch of stormtroopers that were working there are just like doing it for the because they were just like you know they want to join the empire because they wanted a job you know what i mean well like the stormtroopers are Evil. Right. So he probably, I feel like he must have felt a little bit of grief. Just maybe a little bit. Because that's the Stormtroopers version of like. And there's a skit on it. There's a college humor skit on it. Yeah. I'm and think- they were talking, they were talking about that's our explosion as if it was like 9 11. Right. I don't, it was I don't like, think, I don't think Luke ever thought about that. I hope he did. I don't know. Um, Wanna what matters more than that, though? What? Wanna what matters more than that? So, at the end, there's a celebration scene. 
I've been looking forward to this the entire podcast. First, before I we think first, you know what I'm talking about. Before we say that, let's just talk about uh huh. It's shot very it's shot very well. It's scored beautifully. It it's some of the best mm-hmm. music in the entire movie, the entire series. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's it's if there's anything I I get out of doing this, I get to talk about John Williams' score, and he is possibly the greatest film composer of all time. One of the greatest composers. Oh, wait, you cut out up first. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he... If The movie would not be the same without him. No. He would not be really as good with that. He is the greatest film composer of all time. He might be the greatest... He's one of the greatest composers, period, of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely he is the greatest composer of all time. I mean, Star Wars would not be... You wouldn't have the iconic themes. It just would not be what it is today without John Williams. Right. It's insane. Because a lot of sci-fi movies at the time were just using, you know, techno, like that kind of stuff, like techno music, like sci-fi kind of music. But no, Star Wars did an instrumental kind of thing, and it was just a a big change. It was really good. I loved it. So, So, (laughs) how are we going to bring this up? Um, so Leia gives medals to Luke, who blew up the Death Star, Han, who came in for the save, and was really helped the Jedi's saving hope, uh, the Rebels saving hope, and they get medals and stand proudly, who stands in the background, Han Solo. Chewbacca! His co-pilot. Chew-fucking-Baca, who was there with him when he blew up well, Han didn't, obviously, blow, but he was there when Luke blew up the Death Star on the Millennium Falcon with Han Solo. Why doesn't he get a medal? Racism. Well, also, you know what I think kind of the thing, you know, kind of remind me of? What? Have you, have you heard the saying, always the bridesmaid, never the bride? Yeah. That's what that was, because he's the co-pilot. Yeah. God damn, it just pisses me off. I don't know why it pisses me off so much. And then they give him the medal in the ninth episode. Like, thanks, we needed that now. Which, like, yeah, it's wait not, 40 but like, years. But, like, in, like, not even that we had to wait 40 years. In the story, it just felt so contrived. It, it, I mean, that whole movie is fan service. But anyway, yeah, they don't give him a medal because he's a Wookiee. And that's the end of the movie. So, so A New Hope has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.6 on IMDb. What would you give this movie on a scale of one to five stars? <clears throat> now talking about it again with you, I would probably give the same rating that Rotten Tomatoes gave it. A 92%? Yeah. It does have a bit of flaws now that I think about it. Like the Han Solo chasing a bunch of stormtroopers. And, you know. Right. It has its flaws, but it's... It's nearly flawless, because it's just such a good adventure movie. Yeah. Like, if they never made a sequel, I would be upset, but... Yeah, but thank God it got popular. You know, it became the biggest thing in the 80s. The biggest thing in the world. <laughs> Let me correct you. It's like literally the biggest thing in the world. So, what? who's gonna talk? <laughs> I feel like we've been doing that a lot. Just again, guys who are watching, this is our first podcast, so we're gonna fuck up a lot. Like, but yeah. I did a pretty good job. Yeah, no. Uh, thank. Hopefully, the power of editing won't make this too clunky. Yeah. Uh, guys who are watching, uh, we had a lot of outtakes. Well, not too much. We had a lot of outtakes at the beginning, and then we got kind of got the hang of it. So, um, I, I want I want you to know. Currently, we are about an hour fifty six into the recording. 
Um, it, mm-hmm. It's a little past 10. We were supposed to start at 7.30. Oh, my God. And then we started at, like, what, like, 8? Yeah, and more like 8.30 because we reshot the intro. Like Yeah, we reshot again. the intro a lot. Well, you're also having difficulty with your mic. Yeah. Talking about this to the viewers. Anyway, uh, what would you rate it? I kind of forgot. Um, well, I'm going to base off my letterbox. So letterbox is out of five stars. By and the way, five. you should add me on letterbox, AJ Lawrence 629 <laughs> Guys, uh, you should uh, add me on letterbox. It's I don't have an account on letterbox. I go make a letterbox account. That, that I will after this. That is your homework. It's a it's a film review site. It's Damn. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, but uh, uh, I give it four point five stars. My 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 review. All I wrote was I usually wrong. I usually write a longer review, but for this one, I just wrote it's a fucking cinematic classic. It's great. What else can you say? Yeah, pretty much. I um, wouldn't put anything else. When ranking the Star Wars movies, where do you put it? So I have a whole ass tier list. I well, I would rank it when it comes to like my favorites. I would rank it Empire, Rogue One, then this movie. But when it comes to like the best movies, I think this would probably be above Rogue One. So it would be the second best in my opinion. So but when it comes to my personal favorites, I do like Rogue One better than this movie. I would. Do see? Cause I only started ranking them in like an actual list when I started <laughs> watching them, and I'm only up to episode five. Uh, like I'm gonna watch episode six tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can remember correctly, right now with uh, episodes one, two, three, four, five, Solo and Rogue One, it's it's after Empire, but before episode three. Yeah. That's a that's a good list. Definitely should be um yeah above that yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our first ever movie of the week. But now the question is, Ooh. what will be the movie of the week next week? So here's how this is gonna work: we're each gonna pitch a movie, and mm-hmm. you guys have 28, 28, 24 hours to vote for it. Exactly. And whoever gets the vote is what movie we'll be looking at next week, along with a brand new discussion topic. So Ryan, let's go. Let's go to you first. What are you nominating? I am nominating the classic, the Tim Burton classic, Nightmare for Christmas. Would you like to? Would you like to elaborate? Uh, uh, Nightmare for Christmas. Uh, released. I forgot when it was released, and it's by Tim Burton, and it's a movie about Halloween town. A, a nightmare and, that happens before Christmas. Before Christmas. Yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah. Ever, I feel like everyone knows that movie. I don't really have to explain it too much. Yeah. So, I was almost going to nominate Les Miserables, but I'm going to hold off on that one because I'm going to nominate The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so it's your choice. It's your guys' choice if you want to continue with the original trilogy or if you want to do Empire Strikes Back another time and do Nightmare for Christmas. What do you want to watch next week? It's all up to your vote. It's all up to y'all's. You vote. have from Friday to Saturday to vote. Guys, you should vote in the movie poll cuz we'll be posting it on our accounts. Um, it's going to be we'll posting the on movie poll will be the movie poll will be uh, posted on both Twitter and Instagram. And then also AJ we're going to post it on our personal accounts too, right? Yes. Yeah. We'll post it everywhere. Now, um, when you vote, may the forest be with you always. Yes. 
And also, uh, remember, also remember that Halloween is at the end of the month. So. <laughs> and also, um, obviously, may the force be with you. But I gotta say one thing, AJ. Um, vote for the movie, but also vote for the election. Please vote. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had to say it. If, if it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican, election coming up in just three weeks. Vote. Please Voting vote. is important. Just vote. AJ, I love how I just put that. I just slapped that at the end. The ending was so sloppy, but who cares? All right, guys. May the force be with you. Alan! Alan! God, Jurassic Park 3 is a bad movie.